you know, I will not be here on Thursday because I plan to be in the White House on Thursday um, attending the Hanukkah dinner, the annual Hanukkah dinner in the White House, which makes a shayla that, I, surprisingly, I never gave a time in year about, but now it becomes very much halach lemaisa uh, for me and for many others that I know about uh, should one recite a bracha when one meets the President of the United States, or it doesn't have to be meet, but when one sees the President of the United States, when one is in the same room as the President of the United States. So this is a fascinating topic. The Gemara Masechus Brachas Daf Nunches tells us that if a person sees a Jewish king, he says, Baruch Shechalak Mikvodo Lireyev. That's the bracha on seeing a Jewish king. If one sees a non-Jewish king, Baruch Shenosan Mikvodo Libriosav. So two differences. One is Chalak versus Nasan, and one is Lireyav versus Libriosav. Those are the two differences. The Gemara goes on to say that a person should not only recite a bracha when one sees a Jewish king, but one should make, and a non-Jewish king, but one should make an effort to see a king. And not only Jewish kings, the Gemara says. Make an effort to see even non-Jewish kings, because if you are Zoha, you're going to be able to be mechalik, you'll be able to distinguish between the honor shown to a Jewish king and the honor shown to a non-Jewish king. What does it mean you're going to be able to distinguish? So Rashi writes, for Zoha, we're going to see the coming of the Melech HaMashiach, and we'll see the kind of cover that's accorded to the Melech HaMashiach, and then we're going to be able to compare that to the cover that we've seen given to, uh, to, to non-Jewish kings. So there seems to be two completely separate issues over here. First is the obligation to recite a bracha when seeing a king, and second the obligation to make an effort to go and see the honor that is given to a king. How seriously do we take that second obligation to make an effort to go see what if it's going to cost you an Amtrak ticket back and forth or it's going to cause you to miss an entire morning seder or something or an entire so what do we do in terms of that Mr. Brewer writes in Simon Reish Chaf Dalid Sifkat on Yud Gimel B'Shem the Magen Avram that one should even be Mevatel Torah to go see a king because that is something worthwhile to do and one is one can even take certain halachic liberties in order to be able to accomplish that where do we get that idea that it can be Mevatel Torah for such a thing so the Gemara tells us that that Kohanim were metami themselves with Tumad Durabanan in order to go see non-Jewish kings. So you see that for Tumad Durabanan, which was an Isser, Durabanan for Kohanim, they were willing to violate in order to see a non-Jewish king. So apparently it's something that is considered that important to do. Now what about the text of the bracha? So there the, we noted these two differences in the text. It is important to note that the Rambam in Hilchas Brachas Perik Yud, Halacha Yud Alf does not distinguish between the text of the bracha on a Jewish king and a non-Jewish king. If you take a look in the Prisha, in Orchayim Sim Reish Chavdalit, he discusses the Shittas Rambam. But in our text of the Gemara, we do have such a chilek between the two brachas. So the Beis Yosef offers two possible reasons for the distinction. First of all, the Beis Yosef says that Jewish neshamos are considered to be cut out from the Kisei kavod and are therefore considered to be a chelek elokami ma'al, like a, sort of like a piece of God. So shechalak mikvoda, Kodesh Baruch like cut off a piece of himself 
for a uh, to, to create a Jewish person, and the, whereas non-Jewish souls are, come from a place that's not exactly from the Kisei Kavod, but from uh, somewhere that's a little bit more distant from the Ribbon Hashem, so Shenasan rather than Shechalak. That's one explanation the Beis Yosef has. Then the Beis Yosef quotes from the Abu Dram that Shenasan means that it's a single one-time gift, whereas Shechalak has a connotation of a gift that can expand or diminish based on the merit of the recipient. It's a tzinor, it's a pipeline, the Beis Yosef says, that can change as time goes, and it's an ongoing process. It's not just a uh, one-time thing. Those are the two answers of the Beis Yosef. Now, this is not only true, this chilek in the Nusach bracha is not only true when it comes to the bracha on, on a king, it's also true when it comes to the bracha upon seeing a great chacham, that there's a separate bracha for a chacham ichachme Yisrael versus a chacham ichachme umos holam, where you have the same chilek between shechalak and shenasan, and uh, it's just mechachmasa as opposed to mikvodo, that it's shechalak and shenasan, liyereyav, and lebnei adam. So the, uh, the, the Beis Yosef gives those two answers for both of these uh, categories. The Lavush, when discussing the bracha on a chacham, says, Shenir Eliatam, Kimibre Shachachme Yisrael Yeshvem Chachmas Hatora, Vanavua, Asher Arucha Meeretz Mido, Verachva Minayam. He says, Chachme Yisrael contain or, or possess Chachmas Hatora, and there's no limit to, to Chachmas Hatora. Lo Yoda Enosh Erka, no one knows its value and its depth, and therefore it's a lashon of Chalak, because no matter how much Chachmas Hatora you have, you still don't have all of it. All you're ever going to have is a chilek of the Chachmas HaTorah. Whereas, when it comes to the Shar Chachmos, then it would be Shenasan, because uh, it's possible to maintain, to, 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 to obtain complete mastery over some other Chachm. Now, the Levush's explanation works very well for the Bracha on a Chacham, but the Chora doesn't work so well for the, to explain the Chilet in the Bracha on a King. This point is made in the Sefer Hakona Olamo, Chilet Beis Simin Chaf, that the Levush's explanation only works for the distinction in terms of the Chachamim. There's also an interesting discussion. What if you have a Jewish king, but not over a Jewish state? Meaning, what if you were to have a person who happens to be a Jew, let's say uh, Joe Lieberman would have uh, become the president at some point. Let's say the whole, you know, if we could rewrite history and Al Gore wins and then uh, Joe Lieberman runs after uh, a Gore presidency, right? And Joe Lieberman became the president of the United States, right? So what would the halacha be? Do you recite the bracha on a Jewish king or the bracha because it's a, he is a Jew or do you recite the bracha on a non-Jewish king because it is a non-Jewish malchus over which he presides. So that may depend on how you understand the distinction of the bracha. If you hold that the bracha is about the nature of uh, the person, then, uh, then, then, then it would be about what he is. But if you hold it's about what he possesses, so what he possesses is a malchus Umos Ha'olam, not a Malchus Yisrael. You have such a similar discussion in, uh, in the Bracha over a Chacham. Let's say you meet a Nobel Prize winning Jew. There's no shortage of them. There are some uh, from Jews that have won Nobel Prizes in uh, physics and in uh, economics and 
all sorts of different fields. So there are great, great chachamim. Would you recite a bracha? Which I'm not. Would you? Which bracha would you recite? Shachalak or shenasan? So if Menashe Klein has a tshuva where he says absolutely, you recite the bracha shenasan, not shachalak, and that's if you say a bracha at all, because what an avarian that a person is going in and looking for a chachma of the umas haolam. So in the sefer Akon Olama the author is very upset with that tshuva of Menashe Klein, and he points out that uh, that there's a lot to argue with in that tshuva of Menashe Klein, but not not for now. Okay, so what type of leader would warrant a uh, a bracha? So the I mean, what type of power does he have to have? Would you recite a bracha over a governor, a mayor? Well, what what type of uh, of leader would warrant a bracha? The Radvaz writes in a tshuva in Chelak Aleph Simin Reish Tzadivav and the Orchos Chayim and Hilchos Brachos Os Memtes that only someone who has the ability to execute or to pardon. It's about the power of life and death that is entrusted in the person's hand. That's what ultimately determines whether there's going to be a bracha. Ravad Yosef in Yechavadas, Kalbez, Simen Chavches, quotes that shita. He thinks that that shita makes a lot of sense. Rav Sturmbach in Tshuvas Van Hagos, Chelek Bez, Simen Kuf Lamates, says that, no, it's not dependent on how much power he has, because the bracha is not on power. What is it? Shechalak or Shenasan? Me? Kvodo. So it's about the honor, not about the power. It's about how much honor is being shown to the king. So, and, and that's the whole point, that you will one day be able to be Mavchin, between that and the honor shown to the Melech HaMashiach. So there are a number of nafkaminas between these two understandings, these two approaches. Is it about the power of the king or is it about the honor being shown to the king? One nafkamina might be whether you would recite a bracha on the president. If it's by the power, the power to pardon uh, somebody, then the bracha should be recited on the president of the United States who does have the power to pardon. But guess what? So does the governor. So it could be that, uh, that, that a bracha should be recited on anyone who has the power to, uh, to pardon. Now, you could argue, okay, no, power to pardon or to execute is just an indication. Meaning, like, uh, and by the way, this has nothing to do with how good a person he is or how much you like him. Meaning, if you met the king of Saudi Arabia or the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, not a nice, not a gishmaka person, right? But you would for sure have to recite a bracha. The power to execute, yeah, pretty sure he just did, right? So the, the, uh, the, 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 if they have the power to, uh, to execute, then, then that, that itself would warrant a, uh, a bracha. So it's not, about, it's not about whether they're a good person, bad person. It's about, if, if you hold it's about power, it's about power. If you hold it's about kavod, it's about kavod. Not whether they are uh, deserving of any sort of uh, special honor. But anyway, the, uh, the, it, one could argue that pardoning is just an, uh, an, in, an indicator of one's power. But not, it's not the only indicator. So one could argue that a governor doesn't even enter the conversation because he's not really a king, meaning he's not really the, the, uh, you know, the, the most powerful person in the Medina, in the country. A, a, a president is the most powerful person in the country. In fact, the president of the United States is typically understood to be the most powerful person in the world. And if that's the case, plus he has the power to pardon, so then one could make a very strong argument that one would recite a bracha with Shemu Malchus, and uh, that, that is a reasonable uh, approach. Another approach, however, like we said, is if it's about kavod, so one could one could suggest 
that the kavod that's shown to a king um, maybe is not the same as what's shown to a president. For example, just part of the rules of how the the how, uh, the fact that there's a term limit, the fact that there's such a thing called impeachment, the fact that there that 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 that, that he's he's got to work with uh, you know with with two other branches of government that he has to answer to depending on the issue. So all of that tells you that maybe we're not giving him the greatest uh, the greatest kavod. Uh, Rav, uh, Rav Sturmbach believes, therefore, that you would not recite a bracha on a president. The Debrutzina Rav, Rav Meishe Stern, says that you should recite a bracha on a president, but without Shemu Malchus, that uh, you play it safe. Now, uh, an- another nafkamina would be, would you recite a bracha on the Queen of England, right? Meaning, if it's about power, eh, not so much. She doesn't really have much, she's more of a figurehead. But if it's about kavod, so the pomp and circumstance that surrounds British royalty is pretty significant. So maybe one would recite a bracha when seeing the uh, the queen the, of of England, or if ever there's a king again, the king of England. You know, whenever uh, the, the 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 royalty, uh, the monarch in uh, in in England. Um, we asked Rav Shachter, I didn't ask, uh, Rav Shai is also going to the, uh, to the White House dinner, and he asked his father uh, whether he should recite a bracha, and Rav Shachter said, Bishem Malchus. He said, yes, Bishem Malchus. He said it's about, he holds that it's about power, and he said especially if it's about the, conser- the, uh, the real possibility that one exercises this power, he said with this president in particular, there's more of a concern that he will uh, flex those muscles and exercise that power more than uh, perhaps uh, with other presidents. Okay, should, but I think he would say probably with any president, you should recite bracha, malchus. Now, what about seeing a female leader? Let's say you have a female head of state. Let's say uh, the last election would have turned out differently and there would have been a female president. Or in England, where there is a female monarch. So should one recite a bracha when one sees a queen? This is also an interesting discussion. In Sha'ar Mutsiyan Ba'alacha Chelek Aleph, Simen Samach Ozayin, he quotes the Gemara and Ksubis Tav Yedzayin that tells us that you're not allowed to be mistakel at a kala even though you're trying to uh, make her more beloved to her husband, even if it's that you want the husband to appreciate how beautiful his kala is, that everyone else is also admiring her beauty. So even if your kavan is l'shem shemayim, you're not allowed to be mistakel at a kala. So based on that, says the Shorim Tzion Balacha, you can't say a bracha when you see a queen, because whoever said you're allowed to see a queen? You're not allowed to see a woman, because you're not allowed to gaze at a woman. Many problems with that uh, with that approach. First of all, there is no prohibition in halacha to see a woman. There is a prohibition in halacha to be mistakel. Mistakel is not the same as re'iya. Re'iya means, for example, uh, raya brura. There is a bracha that's recited when you see a rainbow. The halacha is one is not allowed to be mistakel at a rainbow. right? Elsewhere, that you're not allowed to be mistakel at a rainbow. But there's a bracha when you see a rainbow. What do you mean? I thought you're not allowed to see a rainbow. You're allowed to see a rainbow. You're not supposed to be mistakel at a rainbow. In fact, that very same Gemara tells us in Mesechus Ksubis that Ketzam Rakdin Lifnei Hakala. So Beishamai says you just make an accurate assessment of what she is. Kala Kamoshehi. Oh, she's a little short, a little. Uh, you know, you just give like your own assessment of what. She, but uh, Beisil says. Says, nah, not such a great idea. You should always say, Kala 
Na'avachasuda. Well, how's the guy ever going to believe you when you say Kala Na'avachasuda? If you haven't even looked, so uh, you're not allowed to be mistakel. You're allowed to be roa, you're just not allowed to be mistakel. And in fact, that is the response that both uh, Rav Moshe Stern and Rav Bezal Stern, both brothers, the Debretziner and uh, the Bezal Chachma, the Debretziner in, in Ber Moshe Chelik Beis, Simon Tesos Dalid, and the Bezal Chachma in Chelik Beis, Simon Yates, both reject this argument of the Sharm Tzion Balacha based on that. A second reason to reject this argument of the Sharm Tzion Balacha is that this obligation to recite a bracha is not only an obligation on men, women also have to recite a bracha when they see a when they see royalty. So what, you can say there's no bracha on seeing a queen because you're not allowed to look? Women are allowed to look, right? Women are allowed to see other women. So that's, it would be very hard to accept. And furthermore, it's clear from the Gemara that a person doesn't actually have to see the king in order to recite the bracha. What do you need to see? You need to see the kavod that's accorded the king, especially the old soul did in the kavod. You see the motorcade. You see the parade. And then it's going right through your town. That would probably be enough to say a bracha. Rav Sternbach, in, that, in his tshuva, suggests that uh, maybe one would not recite a bracha on a female uh, on a female monarch because the Pasuk says, Samtas Melech Melech and Chazal Darshin Melech Velomalka. So maybe we don't recognize in Halacha the authority of a Malka. That is difficult to accept for two reasons. First of all, the entire point of the Bracha is to appreciate the distinction between Jewish royalty and non-Jewish royalty. It's not to say that whatever we would define as royalty is what the rest of the world defines as royalty. Adrabah, it's to show the differences between them. So if the rest of the world defines the woman as the monarch, as the royalty, then that's it, then that's the bracha. Furthermore, Minchas Chinuch writes on the midst of Santas Melech Melech that maybe the Isser, it's a Chiddush, he suggests, but maybe the Isser of Melech Velomalka is only a din in Som Tassin, that you have to appoint a Melech and not a Malka. But, says Minchas Chinuch, what if a Melech dies and he has a daughter but no sons? He says it could very well be that even in Judaism we can have a Malka, that a Malka can, can exist. Otherwise, there's no, uh, there would be no, no halacha concept of a Malka. But he, that's the argument that the Minchas Chinuch suggests that perhaps could be taken into account. Now, what context do you have to see the king in order to warrant saying a bracha? So Ravad Yosef quotes a number of shitos who say that a person does not say a bracha when you see a king wearing normal clothing and without the accompaniment of an entourage. You just see a king just uh, dressed like everybody else, not looking particularly uh, like a king. Then uh, Ravadia quotes a number of people who say one would not recite a bracha. In fact, I saw in the Sefer Piske Chuvos, he takes that as the normative opinion. That nowadays you wouldn't say a bracha on a president because the president wears a suit. You know who else wears a suit? Everybody. And therefore, it is not, uh, it, you're never seeing the true honor, the true kavod and hod, the hadar of a, uh, of a melech when you see the president. Ravadi is not sure if that's true. Ravadi is not sure if that's true. So he says, say a bracha without shame of malchus just to be safe. But Rav Sturmbach writes that Yosef Chaim Zunfeld once met, met the king of Jordan in private without the whole royal entourage and he did recite a bracha. Even though he didn't experience all of that kavod and all, the, the, uh, the, the, all that goes along with it. So Rav Sturmbach says that maybe even Rav Yosef Chaim Zunfeld would agree 
that the obligation to make an effort to see a king would only apply if you can see the king together with all the honor that you're granting him. Meaning, remember we said there are two din. There's a din of a bracha, and there's a din to go out of your way to make an effort to see the king. So maybe Rav Yisrael Chaim Zunfeld holds the bracha applies on the gavra. The requirement to go out of your way to see the king so that you could distinguish between how we honor a king and how we are, we're going to honor the Melech HaMashiach, maybe that only applies when they're showing him the ultimate honor. What if you see a king on television? Uh, would you recite a, uh, a bracha? So Rav Vadi Yosef says, seeing a king on television, recite the that you wouldn't say uh, Kiddush Levana if you see the moon in a mirror. If you see a projected image of the moon, you wouldn't say Kiddush Levana based on the Gemara Rashonach of Dalim Beis, Birke Yosef, Aleph. And the reason is because if you see a reflection of something, that's not considered to be seeing the item itself. That's a bigger topic in halacha when you see a video of something. So when does it count as seeing it, and when does it not count as seeing it? So it probably depends on the halacha, right? Like if uh, you see a video of Neiros Chanukah, and, you haven't, and you're not going to light Neiros Chanukah that night, can you make Shas Nisan on the, the... So probably not. But if you're lighting Neiros Chanukah, and you want to be Mepharsim the Neis, you could probably FaceTime somebody and have them see the Neiros Chanukah, because that's not about the Re'iya per se, that's about people seeing that you are lighting Neiros Chanukah, that you are doing that mitzvah. So it really depends on the halacha. Yichud, most posts can assume that if someone is seeing a, a, a live stream of what's going on in the room, even though no one is actually in the room with you, I think most posts would assume that that would save you from Yichud. I once heard from someone, a, 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 a wonderful Jew I, I, I knew, by the name of Shlomo Tversky, who, uh, who was a really, really special Jew from the Hasidic family, obviously one of the Tversky's. Um, from, uh, he, he, uh, he lived in Lawrence. He already passed away a couple of years ago, but he lived in, uh, in Lawrence. And uh, when I was in Shari Tfila, he used to always give me all sorts of Eitzah and tell me these uh, wonderful stories. So he told me once that in the tel- he was learning in the Telzer Yeshiva, even though it's from a Hasidic family, he learned in the Yeshiva. So he was in the Telzer Yeshiva in the 1950s, and they, uh, there was the coronation of the queen in, uh, that, that was going on, and they brought a television into the Telzer Yeshiva in, uh, in Cleveland in the 1950s uh, so that everyone can watch. And he says he's pretty sure that they recited a bracha at the time. Now, it could be, it could be they did it without Shem Malchus, and it could also be that they brought it in because they felt that that would be a kiyum of seeing the great kavod that's shown to the Malchus, even if you're not going to recite a bracha. Pashtas says we do not recite a bracha when we say, because if you hold a bracha, if you only say a bracha on the President of the United States, and you hold that you say on uh, every time you see on the television, so whenever you watch the nightly news or any you know clip on the internet, you'd be saying brachas all day. You, you want to be mekayim mayor brachas, you know, you just like uh, go on uh, whatever on the internet for a few minutes, and you'll. Uh, so that's uh, that. That obviously is not, now obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't recite the same the same bracha over and over again when you see the if you work for the president, you wouldn't recite a bracha every time you see him. Probably would have to be every thirty days or so. But anyway, that's a little bit of the story. Oh my uh, my uncle. Um, Julius Berman uh, has met like every president since uh, we make fun a little bit we say since Washington but not really since Washington since like I, I think Ford or Nixon or uh, you know for a long long time he's met like every single president he has like pictures with every uh, with every president and I asked him once whether he recites a bracha and he said no he said that he did ask a shayla 
I think he uh, he must have asked for Salvechik or of Lichtenstein. Salvechik was his rebbe, or Lichtenstein was his best friend. Um, but uh, so so he must have asked one of them. Maybe he asked for Swag, and he's uh, very close to them. I'm not sure who he asked. I forgot who he told me he asked. But he said he does not recite a bracha because he holds that it's only for a uh, monarch. But again, you'll find uh, different shitos that are out there. And Rav Shechter told us to recite a bracha b'shem Malchus. So if the president shows up to the Hanukkah dinner, he even just makes a quick appearance and comes into the room, Mistama, um, I will be reciting a bracha with shame umalchus. Okay.